Music consultant, music manager, production assistant. So um, it's just like, how have you diversified yourself? Because first of all, who are you? And how you what else do you do? Fam, do you know what it is, yeah? So it's so weird because obviously I'm on your podcast and I'm so used to being the person yeah. asking the questions. Mm -hmm. And being on the other side of the microphone is bare confusing because I like being in control of the conversation and nah, asking. Not today, not not today. today. <laughs> so it's weird because answering questions is kind of hard. I can never define what it is that I do. And I feel like it's something I need to be able to do ASAP because I have my finger in so many different pies. But I think for me, the best way to describe myself and the thing that I love most is that I'm a content producer. And by a content producer, that means I present content, I write scripts, I come up with different concepts that I pitch to TV shows, or I come up with YouTube concepts, or I just create content in any capacity. But at the same time, I worked at a label, I've done a bit of a and I do a bit of music consultancy, um, I advise influencers sometimes, so I do consultancy for them. Um, what else do I do? I don't know, man. I'm just a vibes man, really and truly. Basically. basically, I get microphone. I get a microphone and I chat shit, and I get paid to do it. <laughs> Genuinely. So even in uni, for example, I remember one day. I can't remember what rave it was, but like DJ Max was DJing, and he had a microphone there. I don't know what possessed me to oh, do yeah, it. Oh yeah, that's how you started hosting. I just picked up the microphone. <laughs> one two, one two. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> what what the people them are loving it all right cool yeah yeah official already done no <laughs> what it's not everyday commentaries not everyday Leicester sometimes rascal what they started loving it i said cool yeah. and i didn't even intend to do that so sometimes i just fall into stuff but i guess deep down inside i've always been like a mm. student of media i think it's also to do with your personality and how yeah it mixes in with everything that you're doing i'm I, that's just the way that i'm wired so like from a very young age i think from about the age of five like i just watched television religiously so i was watching things like cbbc so kaching um the mighty trucker stuff um fern cotton and reggie and i didn't even realize at the time but this was kind of like an education into like yeah, the media world and i was like oh my god like reggie Yates is on television talking about music and talking about this game show even dick and dom in the bungalow yeah. citv and like at the time i was watching it as a consumer and being entertained by it but then as the years went by i was like well I could get a full-time job. But as I said earlier, I don't like being told what to do. My personality is where I can't be put in a box. Mm. So naturally, I just want to be the person that makes people smile. Because in this life, I mean, we're in the pandemic, like it goes without saying, there's so much depressing things from racism, George Floyd, people losing their jobs. People actually go to content as escapism. Mm. So like, that's the reason why YouTubers and TikTok people are so popular. Because like, when people watch Nella Rose's videos, for that 10 minute section of their life in that mm. day, Nella Rose has made them laugh and made them feel good about themselves. And I don't think people actually realize the power in that mm. because being able just to cheer someone up through your content is actually really, really powerful. That means that person will come back when you do another yeah. video. Mm. And then when you release a clothing line like Nella did, bruv, she made five bags in like an hour. Literally, she released like, um, I can't remember the name of it, Faces London, yeah, I think Faces it is. Long, yeah. In like not even an hour in like half an hour it sold out and it's like she literally went from doing youtube in her uni bedroom in the midlands to now being in a position where she doesn't have to work and she can turn down stuff so yeah bringing it back to me 
I guess more than anything, I'm just a fan of music and media and I study it and I see myself as somebody that wants to continue working in this industry because end of the day, I can't really see myself doing anything else. Yeah. Is there is there anyone you look up to that will like you follow up like bear just to like make I'd, idea or content ideas from? I'd say in the UK, definitely Reggie Yates simply because that was the first time mm. like I saw a black man like black man that actually did what I wanted to do. Because mm. don't get me wrong, as I said, this is England, isn't it? But like, you're going to get Dermot O'Leary, you're going to get Davina McCall, you're going to get yeah. white presenters. But to see a black man and like, not to say there's a certain palatable black man, but Reggie H is quite eloquent, well-spoken. I like the way he dresses. I like the way mm. he carries himself. And like, for me, I like to see myself as that person as well. And then in America, or just in general, somebody I really, really rate, even though his comedy is a bit <laughs> sometimes. Mm. Kevin Hart, man. Yeah. He's hilarious. I love Kevin yeah. Hart so much. I Do not you think he's funny? I think he's funny when he's not doing stand-up. Oh, I watched nice. his new special yet, and I was like, this is cheeks, fam. It's boring. But nah, then, yeah. I don't think that. Don't okay, think it's that. not bad. <laughs> I don't think that. But the reason why I love Kevin Hart, yeah, because I read his book recently, and I listen to like his podcast, and I listen, I consume every piece of content that Kevin Hart does. I like his work ethic. Mm. I like the fact that he sees himself as a business as a brand and anything that he attaches himself to has to be at a certain level of quality. So obviously like everyone knows that he started off doing stand up, but now he's got a production company and then he'll executive produce a TV show, but then he'll not host Oscars, but get the opportunity to host Oscars and he does acting. And then he's like the first comedian to ever get a Nike deal. So like fam, Nike obviously do stuff with like um, Travis Scott now and obviously Air Jordan, like they are used to doing athletes and um, artists. But Kevin Hart was the first person that's not an artist or a sports person to get a Nike deal. And like his business moves are just very, very strategic. And I really, really like the way that he moves. And I think for me, I take inspiration from that because I never want to pigeonhole myself as just a presenter. Yes, I'm very good at being a presenter. I'm very good at being on screen. But like my mind is very analytical. And I feel like, especially in my industry, we need to have more people in positions where they can commission work. So like being a commissioner, there's basically somebody that can give you the yes as to whether your show goes on Channel 4, whether your show goes on Netflix. But nine times out of 10, they're probably middle-class white people that went to Eton or went to Cambridge who don't once again understand your life. And I feel like we need more and more people that look like you and I in those positions because then if somebody was to come to me and I was to commission their work, it makes it a lot easier for them to get exposure. It makes it a lot easier for them to get onto BBC One because... As, you, as I say, TV's dead. When you look on TV, other than Mole Gilligan, who else is really black on TV? And other than that, Mole Gilligan only really came on TV in the last two years or so. Mm. The Rap Game UK, maybe, but when you look at the content of it, once again, it's rap. It's, yeah. you know... And don't get me wrong, I love rap, in it, But, like, sometimes I just want to be a black person that likes... Normal TV. Just normal, everyday stuff. I don't want to be the token black man that's top boy, Shankar Man Shankar, or flipping everyday typical black content like mm-hmm. i'm really into politics and current affairs but i look on channel four i don't see any like political correspondents that are black and it's like we need to change the narrative about how we interact with these companies because end of the day we're going to be having the same conversations it's going to be like yeah. yeah you're good enough to be talent i'll use football for example yeah look how many black ballers are in the premier league mm. but then you look at the managers none of them are there you look at the hierarchy none of them are there and it's like, so we're good enough to be entertainers but we're not good enough to be behind the scenes making the decisions and it's like there needs to be a change in that because end of the day 
there's always going to be one token black person on TV. So Mo Gilligan's the guy now. In a couple of years, it'll be someone else. In a couple of years, it'll be someone else. And it's like, nah, it should be this person. It should be that person. People should just be awarded shows because they're good at what they do, not because they're the token black person or the in-person at the time. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of work that needs to be done in our industry, but I love it, man. Yeah, because Go on. No, no, I, I just love it, it man. Yeah, yeah, no, to be fair, you said a lot about it, fam. You can see the passion in that. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's actually That's something. It. But you know, on the industry as well, there's something that I've, I can't remember what I was watching. And I think it was all about the music industry. And mm. people said before, like, it's a rigged game. Like, the game is rigged. Mm. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So from a host perspective, would you say that the game is rigged? Like Hosting, what do you mean? So let's say hosting, like you said, a content producer. Yeah. So let's say, for example, someone sees your content now mm. and it's like, yo, I actually want to be similar to I want to create content. I want to mm. host the events. I want to, do you get what I'm trying to say? Mm. But then whenever they, like, apply for certain applications, whenever mm. they apply for certain roles, they're not seeing it. But they keep seeing the same old faces in the same, old, same position. Mm. And it's like, or they'll see somebody who's knows one somebody who's got the place, but they know they're more talented than that person. That's the that's the media industry. Not even just the media industry in general, but it's like, once again, going back to people in positions of power, like Tommy over there, his dad works for News UK. So if he wants an internship, his dad could, you know, nudge his friend and be like, oh, like, my son's looking for an internship. Could you give an opportunity? And he's bypassed the entire recruitment process. And now Tommy's just got a job at the Daily Mail. And the next thing you know, he's worked his way through up the ranks and now he's a senior yeah. editor. Do you know what I mean? And it's like- It's mad, isn't it? And it's so weird because I feel like there's a complex with us black people. And I, I choose my words very carefully here because like, I want to be in a position where I can give my children and their friends yeah. opportunities. Like we all want to make like money where we don't have to go through the same channels. Generational like, wealth. Do you know what I'm you saying? What but mean? like people always have a, people look at, they turn their nose up at nepotism and I understand why, but at the same time, it's like the only reason why we turn our nose up at it is like, how did you acquire your wealth? If you acquired your wealth through some dodgy dealings or at the expense of black people or other yeah. minorities, then I have a problem with it. But when I look at someone like Kevin Hart, who can probably send his daughter to the best private school in America, it's because he has worked tirelessly to get himself in a yeah, position where yeah. he has that generational wealth. And that's obviously the person that I want to yeah. be. So like, um, so what was you asking if somebody comes to me and asks no, me? No, I was going to say, because actually initially, like, from your experience, would you say the game is rigged kind of thing in terms of the industry game, the hosting game? I wouldn't say it's rigged. I think, end of the day, you have to build yourself an audience. And I think that's what I say to myself. So hard, and I say to other people, because realistically, in the grand scheme of things, like, I think I'm a pretty big... I feel I'm very good at presenting. I, I know I'm yeah. good at presenting. But my thing is this, yeah, with all due respect, why would somebody come to me with my however many followers on Twitter, however many subscribers on, on YouTube, when they can go to young philly who has eight hundred thousand. Mm. when they can go to chunks who's got a million but and they they've put in though. that's the thing they've they put in work it. over yeah. a period of time and i think a lot of people think because they're talented they think their talent is enough mm. I... and it's like cool i know i'm good at what i do but i've had conversations with myself where i'm like i'm really inconsistent yeah. i'm really lazy i'm in my head too much and i don't put out work that warrants me to be in the position that i want to be in and I'm very self-aware and very self-analytical. So I think a lot of people need to kind of step out of their own emotion, look back and be like, why would the BBC employ you when they can em employ Maya Jammer who's got bare followers and all these, like it doesn't make sense, you know what I mean? So I think consistency and finding your niche are the most important things yeah, ever. And it's like, if your first video doesn't bang, don't get disheartened. Mm. You're gonna have to do that for like 
two, three yeah. years before you see yeah. a return. <laughs> but like a lot of people think if they do one thing short term, short term yeah. that's why even the other day on Twitter there was a woman who was talking about her painting. That's what I'm gonna bring up, you know. I'm gonna bring that up, you know. And like in my group oh, chat, we had a massive yeah. back and yeah. forth about it. And like I won't say the names of people in my group chat, but they were like, "Yeah, but black people don't support this." And I'm like, "Big man, no. I'm gonna be real with you, yeah." 98%, I can't remember what the statistic is, 98% of all businesses or startups fail in their first three years. It's got nothing to do with your skin colour. Mm-hmm. It's just the way the market is. And if I'm an investor, yeah, and you're coming to me with a product or with an idea, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, okay, cool. If I put X amount of money in, am I going to make a return on investment? I don't care whether you're black. I don't care about this. I care about the money. But do you know I what I mean? I think that w- that's what she was trying to go into. I think she was just trying to say is, I don't want to say the black community. She shouldn't have blamed it on the black community. That was the issue. Mm. But I feel like she was trying to say is like the black community give out false promises because it's like she got <laughs> one million view, one million retweets of views on on that particular mm. product, and she had no sales. And she then had one she, sale, oh, yeah. she had okay one sell, and then she also said how people would say they're gonna buy from her stuff like that, which you shouldn't have believed because you, you shouldn't rely on people at the end That's of the day. That's her own personal problem. Which is true. And I, I know it sounds really yeah, harsh. It's harsh, but I feel like I got her, her delivery was wrong because I got her point and what she was trying to say is like, you guys support so much online, but you don't actually physically like support. Well, but you know what? And I, I'm gonna huh? say this year, this is exactly what I said about earlier about the passive, the, the act of spreading awareness. We tweets don't, in my opinion, don't mean shit kind of thing. Mm. Because earlier, remember you were like, we tweets do something. Yeah, like, it does help so, though. So I'm, I'm saying retweets does help because all the retweets that she got gave her exposure. Mm. But the only thing is, people didn't buy from her. But then again, the people that she's marketing to, some of us live at home. The patents that you have, where are they gonna put it? So they, it comes to a lot of things. You get what I'm saying? Hundred and ten percent. Yeah, uh, and for me, yeah. So like, really oddly, out of the blue. So when I was. Um, freelancing earlier this year i started doing stuff on shopify just because i like i was watching people like selling um do you guys know about drop shipping yeah, 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 yeah so like yeah, yeah. you will get a product from china and it'll yeah, get sent and like yeah, yeah. bruv people are buying lambos and stuff from this and like i would just I go i told you about this from time yeah yeah no listen listen there's this one guy here and like i've kind of clocked the certain industries that pop so like pet stuff yeah baby stuff yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. products that basically help your everyday life yeah and then when I was like doing my nerdy stuff and doing the research, I was looking at things like, okay, cool. There's things called landing pages and conversion rates. And do you have the right images? Is your website easy to access? Is the checkout process long? Does it take forever to load? People have short concentration spans. And cause you got a million impressions, which aren't a million. Like when I go on Twitter and I scroll through and I see a tweet, that's, that's a an impression. That yeah. doesn't mean I've actively engaged with your tweet. And it's like, did she, just removed herself from the situation she didn't think oh maybe my website's not good enough maybe it's not converting and when you actually break it down yeah and you look at business everyone that clicks on the website is not going to buy anyway mm. like and i'll bring it back to mdv because I, I read a lot of his stuff yeah he has like a 10 percent conversion rate so all the people that click on his website only 10 percent of the people actually go to the checkout then only one percent of those people actually make a purchase Mad. so it's like most people think because i've got a website if you go on it you're going to buy the product and that's why I say you have to remove emotion from business because I get it, you know, when you're a painter, you're emotionally invested, you put your heart, your soul into it. I fully get it. But at the same time, you have to remove yourself and look at it from a business standpoint. I went on a website. I didn't think it was great. 
I thought it was very, very basic. It looked, and I'm not trying to mock her in any way, shape or form. But once again, if I was consulting for her, I'd be like, maybe go and speak to um, a website designer and get a more engaging website. You know, grab people's attention. Remember how I always talked to you about Facebook advertising? She literally just pigeoned all her hopes on Twitter. And it's like, my darling, you're setting yourself up to fail because you could do paid advertising on YouTube, Facebook ads, Google ads. You could do, you know, giveaways. But because she said... Twitter is my only way that I'm going to promote this one tweet as well. Come on, like, you can't just blame black people for that. At the end of the day, it's my money. Yeah. As a consumer, I can put my money into whatever the hell I want. Do do, do you know what? Do you know what? I'm I'm going to be real, though. Like, there is some truth in what she's saying. Why I I say that is because we always look at the iconic, the Jewish community. Mm. We always look at the Asian community. Their unity is mad, like, if there was a Jewish artist, they will buy from him. They will always support her kind of thing. So I definitely see her point. But I think the issue at hand for me was the entitlement. Mm. Like you said, it's my money, it's my time, it's my resources. I don't have to buy shit from you. 100%. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Like, and I think, and I said, I tweeted, I said, listen, like, a DM is not an invoice. A DM is not a PO. If, and I think it's not her fault, but going back to what you said earlier about the lack of education within our community, mm. like, Unfortunately, she didn't have people around her to say to her, yo, you're getting a million views. I hear that. Mm. But have they bought anything? Have they actually got invoice? Have they signed anything out mm. to you? She went, because she said that she invested loads of money into it. To, um, a good example is like, in different organizations, they've got different ways of delivering items. Mm. So one is um, just on time. So like, you give an order, that's when I got paid for, for the production of that order and send it out to you. That's when you drop shipping. That's drop shipping. Yeah, you know, but so that, that's just on time. Okay, cool. Yeah, oh, so okay. do you get what I'm trying to say? So there's different kinds of, what, different, it's between people who buy large, like what she's done, mm. invest a lot of, into lots of stock, mm. put in a warehouse, but people all do it, it sends out straight away. Mm. There's different ways to like, to deliver your, your product. She should have, one of the ways she should have done, rather than investing all of it, off speculation, mm-hmm. it's like stock. Like she got a million views, got uh, she anticipated a lot of um, investments, made a big investment, didn't pay off. And I think it's less no business. Like she, think, she needs to. Yeah. I think she should have rode the wave as well. I think she shouldn't have just relied on that one tweet. She should have kept make do marketing stuff regarding that tweet. Don't you think? Do you know she my big problem with this it. is yeah. Don't don't piss off the audience that you want to yeah. buy from you as well. <laughs> do you know, it's not even that. Do you, I'm gonna go back to what you said about paintings. the Jewish community. You said them. The, if it was a Jewish painter, they would have bought it because it's the Jewish community. Most likely, most, most likely, likely, most likely. But my thing is that she's saying she was marketing to the black community. I don't even think the way she marketed it to us is even making sense anyway. In my opinion. <laughs> Do you know what? Do you know what? I, I, do, Why? You, yeah, go on. Like, it wasn't. I don't think it was marketed for black people the way it, it came. Though, um, the, the video and etc. came out. So I was just like, like it wasn't for us. Anyway. No, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. You, I think you don't like the painting. No, no, it's not that. Do you know what? One thing I'll say though, I add this to Ovi's point. Like from this exactly, you're saying that there isn't no simplicity in her website because I got exactly what you said. Like mm. it made it very clear what it was for me. But I like to read and I like to do my research kind of thing. Mm. Whereas if you're somebody who likes simple short attention span. To you, that website is rubbish kind of thing. And I'll be real, for me, that was quite obvious. If I had the piece, I'd buy that painting. I can't lie yeah, to you. And I'll give it to my, 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 my sister. Or I'll give it, because for me, that's empowering. Mm. You, know, you get what I'm saying? Seeing a black woman like that, with the flowers and that, I thought it was lit. I'm not going to lie to you. So, what about the just, sweetie one? Hmm? What about Stop the sweetie one? <laughs> <laughs> Sweetie one, what? I, 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 I listen, listen, I listen, I listen. I was waiting for you. I was, you just, you just. <laughs> I didn't see that one. What, what was that you know, one? There's no the need. I no, 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 let's talk about it. The sweetie one. She drew sweetie, which was the painting of what the I'm person bastard, she drew. The person who she drew was really good. The person she drew was really pretty, but it just didn't look like sweetie. That yeah, the, is that not okay to painted. say? Oh, sorry, the person she painted. No, I think this because I said it's not, yeah, but the person she painted. 
yeah, was really nice, really good. Like, she's got talent. But I just feel like that picture, that portrait or painting should have, have been called, yeah. named Sweetie. That was all. I don't know. I ain't seen that one. But I just think in general, like, I, I'll never, like, knock someone's hustle or, like, laughing at no, work. No, definitely, like, definitely Do you know what I'm trying to say? Because I can't paint. I know how painting is. But I yeah, think, for, I think for me, like, from a... Because I, I do businesses as well for me and my family and XYZ. So I just didn't like the entitlement. Do you mm. get what I'm trying to say? Like, 100%, you're frustrated. 100%, you made... I can feel that, like, you've invested, you had your hopes. It's mm. Emotionally, it's draining. Like, I totally get it. There's times when like, I've had, like, clients who are going to have a sell, then last minute, they're ghosting, man. And I'm like, blood, this is my, like, I could have given this minute mm. X amount of money, so I get it. But I'll never say, like, you lot failed me, or, like, I don't know what she said, but yeah. it's the entitlement of it. Like, I owe you yeah. shit. Full stop. And it even goes back to when I when we, mean it, because when we saw the thing, I DM'd him straight away, because mm. we actually like, we talk, like, we like talking about things like this. So I DM'd him, and then I was like, even in the events, I had people come to saying, yeah. they're going to buy a ticket, they're going to buy yeah. a ticket. They never bought it. Then I'm just like, see ACS, I'm not, I'm yeah? Oh, yeah. Then, thank you, exactly. Even that ACS, yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh my goodness. The amount of people that would say, yeah, we're going to turn up to mm. this event. The event happens, and look out. Yeah. Yeah. Or, they, or, or they start asking for free tickets. Mm. Listen, I already like, your yeah. guy, like, bust me in it. I don't want to go on a good tip. But do you, think, do, you, do you think that's common in black community? Or do you think that's common in any community? I think that's common in any community. It's any community. It's like, mates, right, isn't it? Like, if, yeah, stuff, man, come on. I, I don't know, you know, because I feel like I've been around, like, especially in the, like, the Caucasian community. Like, when I've been around Caucasians, yeah, it's like, I'll offer them something, they'll be like, okay, how much I owe you? And I'm like, nah, bro, it's free. I'm giving this to you for free. Like, mm. in their community, Sharing like that isn't common. Like, unless they're going to buy it for you, for you or buy it for you. Like, even like doing rounds, like, mm. they don't do this stuff where, like, they just, like, I've, I've noticed, like, I, I can buy a couple of beers. Like, times I've bought bare beers, yeah, or cider, so I drink beer, but the man them watching UFC. And it's I'll weird. leave it, and I'll leave it there. I'll, I'll leave it there. No one's touching it. They, they've got their own. And I'm like, raw, but this is my, this is my, my boss, this thing was done out here. <laughs> do you get what I'm trying to say? Mm. So I, I do feel like it is a community thing because, like, even in the community, like, another good example is, like, I, where, where I work, they are part of different organisations. These organisations are their friends. Mm. But they're still saying, my boy, but I'm just going to pay you the right amount. I've, Whereas I've, in the black community, it'll be like, ah, boy, you know my sister, I know you're my, I babysit your children, I can't do it for free. So yeah. yeah. That, that's, that's I my don't opinion. know, I, I think it depends. I, I, I think it depends on the person itself because I think the black community, they are quite like giving, they do support. Yeah, I agree. Because with my business, mm. my friends have been supportive and been buying my lip glosses and stuff like that, which has helped me. Which but, which what they should do though. Well, yeah, which what they should do. And they obviously, I mean, they should, but if they don't, I, don't, I won't chase up, I won't chase you because exactly what you said, you mm. have to, you have to separate yourself from your business, which I've really had to learn to do because I've got certain people that I know and everything. Oh yeah, I'm gonna buy from you and buying for you. I don't see your invoice. Do you know what I mean? So it's like I feel like people are can be supportive and can be there for you, but I don't know. I I think they can be like the Caucasian um community. I was supported by the way. I was talking about oh. like freebies, like oh freebies, like, like in the black community, it's more like to get more freebies be asked for like you said ACS stuff had the mm. same thing as president as well but whereas in the white community they'll buy your tickets and they may not even come bruv we need to talk about money more in our like community when it comes to like investing in people's whether it's their business or their talent because end of the day I'm assuming you want to do your business as your full time job you want to make sure that's the thing that you know is one of your main sources of income yeah I don't you know, I don't no? think. I mean, that's I, a wanna, I, I don't know. One, okay, one of one many of incomes. Many, yeah, I, I side, hustle. To listen, I yeah, side hustle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That part, but then I do enjoy the whole beauty mm. side stuff and everything. But that's the good thing because you can have strings to your bow, so you can do law and you can do beauty at the same yeah. time. And it's like that's why you I don't like, have to pick one. Um, Sola Patron because mm. she does the whole legal. She's a solicitor mm. and she does her beauty content and she's a content creator. Sick. So that's why I like how she is. Mm. That's yeah. And do you know what I realized as well? Yeah, people 
value people see what you do and then they put their own valuation on it mm-hmm. and then they think okay cool that's how much i think you deserve so there have been times where like i've been booked to something and i'll tell them my price and they'll be like but i i charged my man over here like less i mean i charge my i'm trying to not say prices mm. but i charged somebody over here who did a similar job for way less than that and i'm like well go and email him because end of the day i've got all these years of experience and not even just experience I rate my thing and I believe in what I do. And when I come to a show mm. or I come to your booking, I'm going to give whatever energy that it is that I'm going to bring. This is my price. And don't get me wrong, I'm open to negotiating, but don't take the piss. Yeah. Mm. Don't just like undercut me just mm. because, with, like, with all due respect, yeah, if I was at the BBC, right, you wouldn't do that to them. Mm. So it's like you see me as somebody that's talented, but you don't really rate me enough enough to pay what I'm charging you. And it's like, sometimes it can be difficult conversations because it's with people that you may not necessarily are super close with, but you kind of know them like yeah. that. But it's just like, that's why I keep saying business is business. And sometimes you just have to be like, look, best business decision if we just walk away from this. I, Yo. want, I want to ask quickly, yeah. You know, um, your... a very delicate voice. Me? Oh, thank you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I want to know more about, you know, what you're doing, yeah? Mm. No Signal. How is that going? Like, cause I yeah, think man. That. It's, it's weird because they hit me up. Out of the, do you know what? I actually think I know why they hit me up. So basically, do you know there was that week where it was basically Nigeria versus Jamaica, World oh, War Three yeah. in it? Mm. And then first of all, it was on a Friday. It was Popcorn versus Burner Boy. And then we all know about the Whiskey Vibes mm. Cartel one. And then, because I actually know the people that know Signal, but I've just known them through, like, just networking and socials. And, like, some of the other presenters, so Scully and Henry, Mm -hmm. I knew them from when I was on Represent. So I kind of knew them, but I was never really involved. But then they were asking people to send voice notes in. I don't even know why. I think I must have just been waved or something. I was like, let me just send a voice note. And then I sent a voice note, but, like, with all due respect, there's a voice note of a presenter and there's just a voice note of somebody who's just a fan of music. Mm. And I think the way that I said my voice note was, like, rah knows what he's talking about and then literally a week later i didn't even think anything of it i was just like i just wanted to send a voice note in it just for bands a week later i get a call from somebody in the team it's like all right like, you jump on a zoom call with me i want to just talk about potentially getting you on no signal boom bam damn and then um i'd never met bisola before as well the girl mm-hmm. i do the show with once again she's on represent as well and like we've got hella mutuals i was like oh like we're thinking about putting you together on a show lunchtime show this that, and other would you be interested and i was like you know what might as well obviously like no signal was a very big deal at the time mm. and then um we just started doing a lunchtime show and then literally labels management like pr companies started hitting us up hitting us up can you interview this person so the first person we interviewed was ivor rindol mm. then we interviewed simba that like that was i i'm an ivor rindol stand by the way yeah. like i really rock with her whole energy i think she's wavy in it and i was like raw like we're just getting people just coming to us because usually I'm so used to like sending out emails and not getting responses or mm. just like wishful thinking. Like, let me try interview. Let me send David those management. It and again, ain't gonna respond to me. But then because no signal had that that barrier, that platform where everybody wanted to be on it, like we were just getting like we had to turn so many people down because we were just like we physically don't have the time in the week to do all these interviews. Mm. And then gradually, gradually, it just started getting bigger and bigger. And then boom email for david or just came in one day and we were like oh this is interesting this is very very interesting but i think with me like any piece of content that i do mm. i want to make sure it's different from anyone anyone else's mm. so i watched tons of david o interviews and everyone's just asking the same bloody questions i was like cool when we interview david o mm. 
mm-hmm. I'm going to ask him the questions that really matter. Because obviously we all know about that Tim Westwood session. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> anyone asked you, him about that. No, but no I searched long and far on the internet for anybody that asked him that question. And I was thinking, hmm, Kay. is he going to feel a type of way? Or like, we didn't run it past his management because sometimes managers would be like, you can't speak about this, you yeah. can't speak about that, don't bring that up. But we didn't have that conversation with his manager. It was like, yeah, just run through, do whatever. And then literally that moment got clipped so many times. Like that for me was like the most, that went not viral, but it was like, oh, listen, if if I get the DMs from Nigerian fucking um, Twitter and Nigerian, they were in my DMs. What? Oh, David Doe, we love the interview. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, nah, Nigerians are proper supporting. See, Whiskey FC, yeah? Wow, um, them man are stands. But yeah, like that just did bare numbers and as a result like even though it's weird because i took some time off radio mm. so like so taking a bit of a backstory i was working at sony music like um from just when we came out of uni so 2017 to 2018 i was on a 12 month contract and after that i was out of work and fam i felt so burnt out like i genuinely felt like physically mentally emotionally i didn't want to do anything media related and like, i don't want to say i was depressed but i was very much down in the dumps because i was like as I said, I started doing this stuff when I was like 12. Mm. So when I was 12 in Luton, I knocked on a radio station. I told you I'm a nerd. I was like, right, I want to present. I don't know nothing about radio. And I literally just kept hassling them. And I was like, all right, cool. Just, just be the office person, answer emails. And after a while, there's one person that didn't turn up for their show. And I was like, oh, let's let me do it. Let me do it. And I was like, ah, oh, this guy's annoying. I like, just half an hour, do whatever. I did my thing and they were like, rah, shit, you're actually you're half all right. Then um, I moved back to London and I joined Represent. Then I did stuff at One Extra. Then I went to uni, I did ACS, I started hosting. Then I started doing the YouTube stuff with Nella and all of that. Then I got a job at Sony Music and I never had a moment to actually fully just sit down and deep. Like, raw. You know, you know the I've YouTube stuff, would you do that again? I hate those. the one with Nella that you done, I watched, yeah. it was really good. I'm not even going to cap on this, is not even me trying to brag or anything. I think that's the best piece of content on YouTube, genuinely. I haven't seen an interview as good as that. And I, I say that simply because like, as I say, I'm a nerd and I study all other people. Mm. And like, as I said with the David O stuff, nobody ever asked him about mm-hmm. that specific thing. So when I interviewed Nella at the time, she was still up and popping. But like, I, I, I don't know Nella like that, by the way. We literally mm. met on that day and I haven't seen her since. I saw her once at an event. But like, we're not friends. But I was like, I want to make a point of difference with every piece of content that I do. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously, it's quite a sensitive issue with her talking about her mum. Yeah. But once again, she hadn't done any other interviews and every, everyone knew kind of like, oh like her mum had passed away at the time and like and I was thinking hmm is it right for me to to talk about this when she doesn't even know me but I wanted to make sure that I created an environment where she was comfortable so even the first thing I did was I handed her supermarket she was like why are you handing me supermarket I was like oh yeah and I saw you tweet like three months ago like you hate supermarket so that was just a way of warming her up the second thing I handed her was Smirnoff a bottle of vodka and she was like, rah, why have you... And in her videos, she's always backing shots always. of Smirnoff. Mm-hmm. Always that, always drinking. If you go on her story, she's always drinking. And that this goes back to me being like really attentive and paying attention. Bearing in mind, she never knew who I was. But the first thing I'm doing, I'm showing her in black and white terms that I've actually paid attention mm-hmm. to what you do. And without her realising, she just felt very, very comfortable. And obviously, alcohol kind of loosens you up yeah, a bit. But like... With me doing that, I was like, right, I can trust this guy because no one else has gone to the extremes of watching my videos and buying the specific drink. I could have got Rare Nephews, I could have got Cavossier, but I got specific Smirnoff because I remember 
she went to what was that rave um that party island in 2017 in portugal Mexico. portugal invasion yeah i was watching her vlog yeah i was watching her vlog and then she was just back in bear smirnoff so like every time i do stuff even with the new new thing mm. um i made sure i put them in certain environments so they can be comfortable and what i realized was at the time nobody's coming to the youtube channel for me yeah. they're coming to watch nella they're coming to watch chucky online they're coming to watch alia maria b but by default they're gonna be like oh this sorry guy's quite good at asking questions let me go watch his other stuff mm -hmm. so my method was to bring big personalities to my channel mm -hmm. and then keep that audience by continually giving them that content but i think going back to what i was saying i got very inconsistent and at the same time it was like i'm emailing so many different people and it's like they're not getting back to me i'm like crap i haven't got a video to put out today so i think now i am gonna go back to youtube literally i hate being that person that's like oh yeah it's coming soon i'd rather just drop it and just do it because yeah. a lot of people say oh we're working on this working on that i'm very much an actions person but now i'm focusing more on myself as a talent as as a personality because there's only so much i can piggyback off somebody else's name and i'm gonna be real i know i did it and it was very strategic which is why i literally went boom mm. like my first video got like eighty thousand views yeah. i've never seen anyone else do that on youtube but it's because i knew that if i get nella on my channel if i get nunu on my channel people are going to watch because they mm. like these individuals yeah. and by default they will discover me mm. but yeah so after i left sony i just had a massive massive burnout i just felt like raw i'd done so much i didn't really know what was next and i think i just took six months of just not doing anything mm. do you mind deleted me? my socials yeah go on i was gonna ask you, do you mind me asking did yeah. you pay to get them on did i pay to get them on at the time no but if i was message a lot of those people now there's a fee that yeah and there were a so at the time it was january 2018 and i remember specifically because i asked her about how many she had a thousand no a hundred thousand subscribers at the time mm. and i don't know if she had management at the time so, so like it was an opportunity like she was so yeah. what i was doing is i was getting people that i knew i could bypass their agent bypass mm. their manager up and coming in this yeah 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 and i was like because Nella was building her name, it mm. made sense to get her on. But now, if I was to message, I'm trying to think yeah, who's a big... If I was to message Maya Jamba, it's impossible for me to get her yeah, on that platform. Course, yeah. Unless I know her on a personal level, because yeah. mm -hmm. the email will get sent to her agent. Her agent's like, cool, we can get her on it, but just to know that she's charging X amount, do you have that money? Yeah. And it's like, so my whole thing was, okay, I'm going to get... End of the day, at the same time, why would Maya Jamba come on my podcast? Yeah, mm. And that goes back to being that self-aware individual. So it's like... I need to build myself up to a stage where everyone knows who I am. My jammer's gonna not wanna turn down coming on my podcast or coming on my content. But I think now I'm in a place where I just wanna be my own personality. I wanna be myself and not have to piggyback off other people. But yeah. the content I'm gonna do is gonna get me cancelled in the next two years. Yeah. 110% because my humour is incredibly dark. Very. I say some really, really, really bad stuff. Like, there's a video that I'm going to shoot next week and I've got Prince Andrew jokes locked and loaded. <laughs> I've got Jeffrey Epstein jokes locked and loaded. Man, I don't think I'm getting cancelled. I think that's the reality of it. Like, people need to hear about that. No, nah, not even that. It's just the way that I'm going to deliver it. And I, once again, I don't want to say too yeah, much. Yeah, look forward to it though. Because if I don't yeah. do it and it doesn't bang, I'll say, like, oh, you were chatting. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... He was giving us do you, do you know? Do you know what? what like, there's two things that come to my mind when I ask you to talk to you about. Is, I mean, one of them is like, do you have that fear of like, Jack of all trades, master of none? Because it's like, like you said, like mm. your hands are so many pies. I'm not saying that's you, by the way. I'm just mm. saying in general, like it, it's gonna be very hard to like become specialized in one craft mm. if you're doing so much. And not only that, you're only one man. Do you mm. know what I'm saying? Like you gave the example burnout. That happens to a lot of us. Like we're trying to do so much, mm. 
and we, we we're always getting to that 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%. Mm. Before we know, 100% or throughout, we're burnt out. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So it's like, do you have that fear? And if you do, how do you manage that? That was my problem. So when I left Sony, because I was literally doing so much from A&R and consultancy, presenting, content producing, writing, like at the time, because not because I was young, but because I was so happy to be in the position. How, how, right, how, how old am I now? No, back then. Back then I was like 22, 23. Okay. And even yeah. like, that's my first job yeah, out thanks. of uni. You're telling me I'm working at Sony Music. And then even then I got moved to RCA mm. to work in the A&R yeah. team. I'm like, what? That's I'm really ga- And you know that I yeah. love music. Like I love music. I'm gassed. So I never really had a chance to like fully just Think actually deep the situation. I'm just like, cool, what's next? What's next? Mm. So yeah. I think having that six month off period just showed me that my main thing and the thing that I love more than anything else is conversation and being a presenter. Like mm. that will always be my bread and butter. Yes, I can do all these other things on the side, but the thing that I love and I'm most like passionate about is being a presenter. And I think I can still consult and do the other things, but if a presented opportunity presents itself, mm. I'm taking that before I take the other thing. Because as you said, I don't want to be a jack of all trades and a master of none. Mm. Like I want to be seen and God willing, I will be in the Amen. next 10, 15 years Amen. as one of like the best to ever do it. Do you know what I mean? And like, I believe if I put in the work, I can definitely get to that stage. So it goes back to like, yeah, you can have your finger in many different pies, but end of the day, focus. Have a core, have a core in it. Have mm. a core nucleus and the thing that makes you like, I get, off that, I get up in the morning, like literally as soon as I'm done here, I'm going home and I'm going to script right because I'm excited to do it. Like, it doesn't mm. feel like a chore. Whereas sometimes I do other things, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I'm mm. gonna get paid for this, so I can do it. But it's like, you have to do the thing that gets you up in the morning, yeah. lights that fire in your belly. And yeah. doesn't, it doesn't feel like like what? I'm getting paid uh, yeah. to talk in front of a camera. Yeah. I'm getting paid to talk to David though. I'm like, what? Do you know what? Do you know, and it's, it's question, questions about the jack of all trades. You know when you say you got your hands on different all pies and et cetera, et cetera. So with me, for example, I slightly want to be the same person as in I want to do different things when I'm older, et cetera, mm. et cetera. But I know, as you said, you can get burnt out very easily. Mm. My thing is that if you have different people with you in those different pies, mm. does it not help out in a sense as well? 100%. So like now, um, going back to me being a content creator, I in the next two years, I want to set up my own production company. Mm. And I realised, like, end of the day, you can't do it all by yourself. Yeah, and I think I'm too much of a perfectionist. I, I'm in my own head way too much. And like sometimes, I wouldn't say I'm a control freak, but cause I like things to be a certain way, mm. I can almost like starve the idea. And sometimes I I need a second opinion or I need other people around me that can contribute as well. And I feel like building like an echo chamber, is it echo chamber or echo system around you, around you. And like you can bring other people in. So like, for example, my sister, my younger sister's into fashion. So at some point in the next couple of years or in the next six months, I'm gonna start looping her into like fashion projects and my other sister wants to get into content stuff as well. So when I start filming, I'm like, all right, come to the shoot with me. And then naturally she can start gaining experience and then maybe mm. she could come and work for my production company. And then there are certain things that I won't even have to do anymore. So she might be, you know, the main go-to person for my bookings. And it's mm. like, that's a eliminated stress for me, but it's also created an opportunity for somebody else. And it doesn't even have to be my sister, but it's like with my talent, I'm able to help x y z and branch yeah. out do you know what i mean but mm. i think a lot of the time everybody wants to be that lone person yeah, yeah. self-made and i'm like that's washed man do, do like, you know what do you know what? On, on that note one thing i will say though i think it's important if you're going to work with somebody make sure they put you're working with that is their core passion so well. for example like mm. like let's say you're doing your content content creation mm. 
I'm I, I we do a podcast for example. Mm. Yes, we could work together, but my main bag is business stuff, you know, mm. engineering. So yes, I could work with you, but I don't think it'll be as beneficial if you work with somebody who their main bag is content creation mm. because it's like going back to I can think of some examples. It's like you need to work with people where you want them to give you peace. You don't want them to come and dump loads on your work as well. Mm. Otherwise, what's the point of work to them yeah. kind of mm. thing? You want somebody where it's like, you could be like, okay, cool. I want to do the podcast, but I also want to do my nine to five. So when I do my nine to five, my brother here, he loves content. Mm. That's his that's his bag. So if I give him that task, he's going to come up and be like, Sam, it's done. It's this. You don't want to be like, yo, Sam, so that thing you were saying last time, like, you, know, like, you don't want that mm. constant. Otherwise, mm. you might as well, you're going to get stressed. That's my opinion. Mm. Isn't it? I think it's all about trust, isn't it? Making sure the people you're employing, you have trust in them and mm. then they'll deliver what you want. Yeah, and they're not they do. For you. There's that, but then even with the different pies, each pie you got, like, so let's say, for example, there's an events pie, there's a sports pie, a sports agency pie, for example, me. The guy who I'm going to do sports agency work with, I know he's passionate, he's into sports. Exactly, so that mm. makes sense. The guy who's, who's in event, who wants to do events, I know he wants the events to pop, etc. etc. Mm. So it depends, like, the, the guy you got for each part pie, essentially, like, you know what he's They need to be patterned their own yeah. thing. Yeah. But you know what I ask you, Ovid? Like, yeah. you know, just to bring back to you, and if it's done for me, I like to talk. Mm-hmm. It's like, yo, it's like, what is your most memorable experience in your industry, like, in your career, yeah. right now? Just all my proudest achievement or I, memorable. I, I think memorable, memorable experience. I think that's a better question for me. That was gonna. That's a deep one. Before you get interview, yeah, you don't know you come to my show. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what it is? Yeah, it's so weird because obviously whenever you go to an interview, you sometimes anticipate maybe a question like that. But when you actually ask it, you're like, now I have to really think. Proudest achievement. Um, and memorable experience. Do you know what it is? I've, and maybe this is a blessing because I've had so many great moments. I can't even pick one. Okay, there was one time, yeah, um, the Roundhouse in 2017. I hosted a show in front of about like 3,000 people on stage with like Ramel London. It was put together by Cyan Anderson. Um, it was called Floor Six. And I remember being stood on that stage mm. in front of about 3,000 people. Roundhouse is a big venue. It's like one of the like iconic venues in the UK. And I stood there for a moment. I was talking, but I've, I physically was there. But mentally, I was back in uni at the first rave that I ever hosted. Mm. And I was like, rah. So if I never picked up that microphone at that rave mm. with DJ Max, I wouldn't be on this stage right now. And mm. I'd gone from saying one, two, one, two, to a house party of 50 people mm. to being on stage at the Roundhouse. And I'm like inviting gigs on stage and Alakai Harley and all these people. And I'm thinking, rah. So like, this is just testament to not just hard work, but consistency yeah. and I was like that moment for me was like oh my god this is actually possible mm. like if I keep working I can keep going I can get a tv show I can do the o2 next I can do whatever so I think that was a memorable moment because it, it in that second it dawned on me that wow I can actually do this full-time and make it my actual career and I think the proudest moment was proudest moment you know what i don't think i have one i think i'm proud to have been able to just continue in this and i know it's one of them boring cliche answers (laughs) like i hate being that person Mm. but i'm proud that right i actually i'm shaking like i'm rubbing shoulders with the elites like i'm Mm. i remember i was at sony music and i'm going to dj semtex office to talk to him about music and i'm sat in meetings about justin timberlake and i'm like Fam, I started posting Music Mondays on Snapchat, yeah. like just because I love music, and like now I'm bringing in, and I'm not gonna say the artist because obviously like just label, but I'm bringing in big, big artists 
to have meetings with the president of RCA and I'm like, I'm 22 years old. How does this make sense? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, that's one of my most proudest moments just to actually be respected for my opinion. So yeah. Yeah, okay. on that note, I think. So my socials, right? Official Ore on Twitter. Ore Graham with two E's. I'm so annoyed. There's a white woman called Ore Graham with one E, but <laughs> she never posted nothing as well. Ah, oh, it's jarring. <laughs> I should, yeah, you know. No, report it. Should yeah, I? Yeah, report it so you can get. Say so swear. Yeah. Right, I'm doing that after we're done here. Still. <laughs> no, report it. You Ore should. Graham on um, Instagram with two E's <laughs> and official Ore on YouTube. I'm not going to lie. Subscribe to the YouTube because, yeah, yeah, we're to Central CB loading, loading, fam. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. But we out here, man. I book me because I'm fucking sick at presenting. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's funny. I'll give you that. Uh, cool. To end on that note, it's your boy Hobbs. It's your boy Sam. It's your girl Ebs. And Ore. It's your boy Ore as well. Yeah. Come yes. on. Subscribe. <laughs> yeah. Come on. We're done. Thank you.